Welcome to episode number 52 of Talking Mopars and another installment of Direct Connections. This time around, I had my friend Bud Kleppi on to talk both modern and classic Mopars. Bud works for Car Tech Books and runs the Scat Pack Club on Instagram. Like always, we had a great time, and Car Tech Books is offering listeners of Talking Mopars a special offer on an amazing book, and it's actually my personal favorite title that Car Tech offers. It is the Dodge Scat Pack and Plymouth Rapid Transit System, Chrysler's Muscle Car Marketing Programs, 1968 to 1972. So if you go to cartechbooks.com and you order that book and key in the coupon code TALKINGMOPARS, all one word, at checkout, you will get 30% off. There's limited supplies left, so that's it, folks. No more prints of that book, so get them while they're hot. This is another conversation that ended up going a while, and it's going to be a two-parter, so you'll get the first part now and part two next week. Stay tuned for that. So, without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest for Talking Mopar's Direct Connections today is Bud Kleppi from CarTech Books and the Scat Pack Club, the Modern Day Scat Pack Club on Facebook and Instagram. And he also dabbles a little bit in the 1320 Scat Packs. Bud, thank you for joining me on Talking Mopar's today. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. This is a glorious day here in uh, chilly Minnesota. Yeah, I'm over here on Washington, and we're stretching out summer as long as we can. You know, we had some fires, and the sky was dark for a couple weeks there, and it seems like this time of year, we always have to deal with the smoke, and then we, you know, being in Washington, it's always raining, so we try to just get as much of that, squeeze as much of that sunshine out as we can, and we've been, you know, we've been stretching it into October, so that's nice, but you are very prolific when it comes to Facebook and Instagram and the scat pack club is huge and anyone that follows me or the stuff that i do it mostly pertains to the older stuff the classic mopars but i've always been fascinated with the huge growth and the enthusiast movement within the modern mopars so before we get into your work with the scat pack club and all that fun stuff why don't you tell the audience how you got into mopars what brought you into the Mopar game. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting story. You know, my uh, when, growing up, my, my dad was, I wouldn't say he was a car nut, but he, he liked cars. Um, you know, he always had, and I don't think he was a GM fan, but he always had either Cadillac or he had a, a Trans Am or a Camaro. He had something to that effect. But my uh, getting into Mopars and really into cars was the Viper. That that did me. Yeah. Uh, that just absolutely did me in when I the first time I saw that car, um, and kind of that just opened my mind a little bit about what was you know what cars could look like. And um, as a teen, I ended up working in in a in a store in the Mall of America of all places. It was called Great Cars and Great Trucks. It was run by Dodge's ad agency, and it had all these different cars in there. And you couldn't sell them, but it was just like a big giant commercial and showcase. You could go in there and you could sit in the cars, you could look at them, you could learn about them without the pressure of being sold a car. And so I was like, well, this is the coolest job ever. I get to be around all these cool cars, get to around be the Viper, help people check it out, open the hood. We had concept cars. It was a blast. And um, that kind of brought me into the Mopar fold. Um, my first car, and I, I, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, was a Chrysler Conquest TSI. It was an 88. Um, really nothing Chrysler on that car other than the sticker on the back. <laughs> I mean, it was... I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of those, by the way, even though they have Mitsubishi yeah. <laughs> engines. <The> most, <laughs> I, I love that car. The most unreliable piece of junk uh, as far <laughs> as the engine went. Um such a fun car though you know five-speed transmission turbocharged rear-wheel drive uh in a 
in the era of the 80s, that car was a rocket. And even when, you know, when I was in high school, that car was a rocket. That was such a blast to have, but so unreliable. So unreliable. It was, <laughs> it was, it was wicked. So <laughs> it was. They were, but, they were definitely ahead of their time. You know, they were wide bodied, you know, yeah. that the combination of American and Japanese cars at that time when they were working together was just it was a very interesting time like you said i've heard nothing but horror stories about the reliability of the what is it 2.6 liters so um, 26 to 24 i don't even remember i've yeah I've mentally blocked anything about the mechanics of that car because it's been <laughs> such a such a scarring memory i i love the idea of people that have swapped um chrysler v8s into them i think that's really cool um, yeah i'm sure there's someone with a gen 3 hemi in one somewhere there is there's a shop in minnesota that has one he put a uh Gen three five seven in it, and he's. Uh, I think he. I think he threw a turbo on it too. It was just <laughs> stupid. Um, yeah. Just a crazy little car. It was. Uh, um, they had to do. You know, they had to do a little bit of a bulge on the hood because they couldn't close yeah. it with uh, <laughs> the six one manifold on it. But it was still pretty. Uh, it was a pretty wicked car. It, they call it the Hemi Quest, I believe, is what they called it. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh... I got introduced to those cars actually in the Mitsubishi form in the Starion. Um, I think it was the first cannonball run. I think it was Jackie Chan. And yes. Really tall one. guy from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, what kind of car is that? Because when those movies came out, I mean, I was a little kid. So it just blew my mind. And then I found out that Chrysler had their own version. And right. that was back before I understood how car companies worked and how, you know. <laughs> ban, how, ban, badge you know, engineered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely a weird time, and I'll probably dig deeper into that at some point um, during the length of this podcast, not this one specifically, but there's just so much there with Chrysler and Mitsubishi that it's it's a lot to unpack, and trying to reason it is probably going to be a fun job, but anyways, man, uh, sorry we got trailed off there. Go ahead and continue your story. Yeah, well, so that, that was the, you know, that kind of the car was really, between the car and the working at the mall with the Dodges and the Chryslers and all that stuff, um, that led me to a job at a dealership and ended up working in their internet sales department for a couple of years. Uh, thought that was fun. Changed dealerships, did the same thing again with an internet sales. I've always kind of done internet and dodge. Those things have always gone hand in hand for it's going back forever now. Um, and then when I, uh, so after the, the, after the conquest was sold for $500, even though it had brand new Dunlop <laughs> Z rated tires on it, that were probably worth oh, fifteen hundred bucks at the time. <laughs> just, just, um, the the next dog or Mopar that I had actually was a Wrangler TJ. Um, okay, love that thing too. I, that's another one I, I regret. I basically regret everything I've sold except for uh, the next one I had, which was a Chrysler three hundred M. It's a nice car, but yeah, I, I don't miss it. It, it, it was a. Uh, Nothing too special. From there, I went to a, uh, let's see, a Magnum RT, 2005 okay. Magnum RT. Um, that was a lot of, that, that car, I think, pushed me into the whole forum world. That, that opened my eyes. Like the, the Chrysler 300M, I didn't make a single change to how that car was when I got it. I didn't, didn't make any modifications, visual, uh, performance, nothing. I did nothing to that car. The Magnum, holy smokes, it was all the stuff you can do. You can put different exhaust on it. You can put intakes on it. You can do all this crazy stuff that I'd never even imagined doing prior to having that. And then finding these online communities where people are so passionate about these cars. Um, LXforums.com, uh, that, that was a forum that um, I, I think really kind of pointed me again to this the Mopar community of just how passionate and how really how nice everybody was. I mean, obviously you got people that are, that are jerks online, but that's, that's <laughs> life. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, it's the way it goes. But for the most part, Alex forms was a great place. It still is. There's still tons of knowledge on that website. Um, you know, you, you try to figure out something on a cart. Um, and if you have a Magnum, you have a charger, a challenger, um, Chrysler 300, you can go to that website and you can find out just about everything you want to know on how to fix something, how to do something. Um, it, it's just a, it's a great website and that's just, it was a lot of fun. But uh, what about seven years ago now, I sold the Magnum, 
and then bought a charger, brand new charger in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Actually, it was not Tulsa. It was uh, Midwest City. Sorry, Midwest City, Oklahoma. I drove a one-way rental with a couple buddies in a car. We cannonballed all the way down uh, I-35 from Minnesota. It was like 800 miles one way. Picked up the car Saturday morning and turned around and drove straight home Saturday night. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was uh, quite, uh, quite a road trip. It was. I've actually wrote a whole article on that piece about it, uh, just how crazy that, uh, that trip was. And, and I still have the car. I actually just turned 200,000 miles on the car. It's a, a 2013 Charger RT with a 5.7 Hemi on it with 200, now 200,000, 200, four miles, 400 miles on it. Yeah, 200,400. Wow. How uh, reliable has it been for you? Incredibly reliable. Um, yeah. I've done, engine-wise, oil pressure sending unit. Wow. That's it. Suspension, I've wow. done some, you know, tie rods. Uh, stretch sure. just got replaced. I've done some other stuff like that. And I am convinced the reason it's been so reliable for me is because I bought the Mopar lifetime warranty. <laughs> yeah, and of course. Because I spent the nearly three grand on that warranty, not a damn thing has gone wrong with this car. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did you did you plan to go to Oklahoma? Were the deals better down there? Oh, the deals were um, way better. What made you... I, I have a really yeah. good friend still in the dealership world, and I was talking about the car, and he's like, "Yeah, we, we can't even come close to that. We can't even get anywhere near that. They've got deal different deals and incentives down in Oklahoma." And I was like, all right, well, I'm going. <laughs> so yeah. we, we packed up and went. And I actually, at the time, I wasn't even looking to buy a new car. I was actually looking for used ones. Um, and, you know, in 2013, the, the used market had still really been uh, screwed up from the cash McClunkers. The used cars prices were still really high. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I just did a search and went, ah, search everything. And this charger came up whenever a price point. I'm like, what? That can't be right. It's brand new. It doesn't. You know, strip base. There was nothing on it. It doesn't even have a spoiler. Um, whatever came standard on the RT, that's the only options on the car. There was nothing optional on it. Um, but it, for me, it was a blank canvas. So it was like, oh, I can do whatever I want with this yeah. car now. This is this is Absolutely. mine to craft how I want and make my vision out of it. So, how has the five seven been for you? As far as my biggest fear, because I want to dip into the modern performance cars. I've been looking at challengers, chargers, yeah. and I could probably, if I really wanted to, I could probably go get a challenger RT right now, but I just, the one thing holding me back is knowing that there's the 6.4s. I'm a huge fan of the scat packs. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, gosh, do I, do I just hold out? And then of course there's the Hellcat. It's like, okay, how long can I hold out? You know, how long <laughs> right. do I want to hold out? You know, cause I could wait five, 10 years and just, you know, stack some chips and go get myself a Hellcat. Um, how has the five, seven been for you? Have you ever been like, Oh, I should have just waited and got myself, you know, one of the three ninety twos, or has it been enough for you to, you know, not be jonesing for something more powerful? Well, it, it's hard to, you know, there's always something faster, always something faster. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you get used, obviously you get used to a certain level of power, but I, I've never felt where. Or if I'm screwing around or something like that, where I feel like, man, this is just so slow. I've, I just don't feel that way with the car. It still feels quick enough. You're still faster than, yeah, <laughs> you know, just about every other car you come across. I mean, it's you know, one out of a hundred is going to be faster than you, and it's, yeah, you know, I don't know. It, to me, it's it's very very adequate. I, um, the next car absolutely will have a six four in it, but um, I, I for me the it's 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 more than adequate for the five, seven. And I think it is for most people too. I mean, unless yeah. you're coming from a car that has more horsepower than the five, seven already has, it's going to feel like a lot, especially the new ones. Now with that eight speed transmission, those are impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I was impressed by the SXT I drove when my truck got rear ended. I went to the rental place and they were trying to give me a Camry or a Corolla or something. I was like, what's <laughs> up with that red thing out there? And, uh, it was a challenger and V six. And, uh, they're like, if the insurance company will pay for it, yeah, you can have it or you can pay the difference. I was like, what's the difference? And they're like 16 bucks. And I was like, all right, just give me the challenger. Yep. And they actually ended up paying for it for me for two weeks. So that was fun. Oh, but I, yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. The insurance company, I didn't have to come up with anything because, because my vehicle was a truck. They were actually, they meant to put me in an F-150 or something like that. So the price difference was equal. So oh, like, sure. oh, yeah, you owe us nothing. So I got to cruise around in a, 
a V6 Challenger for a while, and it was the second one I drove. The first one I drove, I didn't have much time with, but that thing, you know, I, I get up really early in the morning to go to work, so there's no one around, no cops, and I had a lot of fun with that V6 Challenger, and I was like, gosh, maybe I'll just get a V6 and save some money. Right. <laughs> then I was like, nah, I'll regret not at least getting a Hemi, you know what I mean? Yeah. But right. I, I haven't... I haven't had a chance to ask somebody with the 5.7 if they had any regrets buying it, but it sounds to me like you're satisfied with the 5.7, but the next one you get, you're going to step it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I feel like uh, as the person running the Scat Pack Club, I feel like I'm obligated. The next car has to be a Scat Pack. I mean, that's just oh, absolutely. kind of a given, right? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. And maybe I'll just lead into this. So the Scat Pack Club on Instagram started, uh, I think it was November, November of 2013, I think is when I started that account. And that is when they announced the Scat Pack stage kits for the five sevens. Um, yeah. That's how I. That's what I was like. Oh, this is great! I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for my car and do all that other stuff. And I ended up not doing it because even the Scat Pack stage kits, even though they're from Mopar, adding those pieces onto my car would, uh, if if it would screw up the lifetime warranty I had. Uh, of course <laughs> so you, you can't it's it's not you know you think well it's mopar it's covered no 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 it's not <laughs> yeah i you know i read through the every fine print of everything on there and i made phone calls to you know to chrysler i'm like am i understanding this correctly if i add these pieces that's not going to be covered that is correct and if these pieces cause an issue with the car you're not going to cover that that is correct all right we're not doing that <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> that's well, it is what it is that's how it went but yeah sure no. Yeah. Let's let's actually talk about that for a second. The Scat Pack Club. You started in 2013. Yeah. How many how many followers do you have over there on Instagram? Uh 73,600 last check. Yeah. That's for me that sounds insane. Yeah. And you've been doing it for a long time and I know that there's a lot of people out there. Social media is a very very tough nut to crack these days. It seems like you got to pay for ads and all that stuff. Do you have any strategies that maybe still work today that you could give the listeners that are trying to grow an Instagram page? I, you know, I really, there's no, there's no easy pill. Um, yeah, it, it's, you got to put in the work and just like you with this podcast, you got to put in the work. It, it's, yeah. it's not something that you can just cheat your way to um, I know there's still companies that sell fake followers and fake likes. Yeah. Instagram figures that stuff out real quick and will put the hurt on you fast. Um, I've never played any tricks with my account because I just, I didn't want to put that account at risk of having anything go wrong. <laughs> it was, yeah. I like this account. I'm not going to screw with it. And I'm sure of the, of the 73,000, there's probably half that aren't, don't even have Instagram accounts anymore. They've, they followed yeah, early sure. on and now they're not even coming back on anymore. And well, I don't, I don't even care. My, my big thing though is, when I do posts, I want them to be engaging. I want people to like them. And, you know, and that piece of it is always kind of like, I'll post something and if it doesn't get a lot of, you know, people don't like comment on it or whatever, I try to look at that and go, why do they like this picture over here compared to this one? That was like, is there something with these two pictures? And, um, and try to figure it out from there. Now, I have a little bit of a photo uh, photography background and I think I can kind of spot good pictures. So I tend to post pictures that I really like myself. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes that just resonates. And then, you know, obviously I post goofy videos and all that stuff too. Like, uh, um, like I just I did another goofy one today, but <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have fun with it. it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It, the account has also brought me a lot of uh, crazy opportunities and, um, it's been a a real joy running the account. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see. When I jumped on Instagram, of course, I started hunting down all my friends that you were one of them. And uh, I really didn't know how big the Scat Pack Club was on Instagram. And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God. So, of course, I started looking through. And one thing I noticed, and I've noticed this on a lot of car pages, is that there are some very skilled amateur photographers out there that can oh, yeah. really shoot these cars. I mean... Gosh, I'm I'm looking at some of these pictures and I'm like, this country is amazing. You know, you see pictures from all over the country and some of these shots that I'm assuming a lot of these shots are amateur shot. You know what I mean? And right. I mean, there, there's really... some of these guys. I mean, I'm sure some of these photographers that are shooting some of these guys' cars are being paid somewhat for them. They're not. It's not like okay. magazine quality or getting uh, Dodge's sure. payroll and getting you know that kind yeah. of photographer level. But 
these are so, some of these guys are are very good at their craft and it's and yeah. that, that it's actually one of the things i try i really try hard to when i'm reposting photos is i want to make sure that the original photographer is getting as much credit as the car owner because i think those two pieces are very important um i hate when i see, see pictures that are getting posted and the credits have been removed it's like well who took that picture who, whose car is that <laughs> you know it's like again coming from a photography background seeing people's uh pictures without the credit to the photographer drives me nuts so i try i, I, go I get it <laughs> over it i try really hard to make sure that's always included and it's i'm sure i've messed up a few times here and there but for the most part it's always covered for me uh seeing all the great photography that was out there i was like all right well how am i going to do this i was like i really don't want to go you know, I see a lot of accounts out there that just steal pictures and, you know, that you see, I've seen some of these pictures on the internet 10, 12 years ago. And I'm like, oh, they're just recycling stuff. Right. And I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I just, you know, I don't want to keep posting the same things. So I was like, you know, this is how I cheat the system, people. I, uh, I just, because I post so much from Craigslist and I, I post those cars for a reason because I think there's something cool about them or I think they're completely ridiculous. I was like, I'm just going to take those pictures and post them. And so far, I haven't been sued by Craigslist. <laughs> so, Craig, Craig, if you're listening, don't sue me. Um, I have had a couple people reach out to me and go, hey, that's my car. I was like, oh, cool. I'll give you some credit. And he's like, I already sold it. Like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've had people tell me, oh, yeah, you helped me sell my car. And I'm like, okay, where's my where's my share? <laughs> you know right. I mean? But, yeah, Instagram's definitely – it's definitely an interesting – an interesting platform and it's I, I think it's great for networking and when you want to get away from all the bs of facebook and you just want to look at cool cars yes that's i mean that's one of the things you told me when i told you i was heading over to instagram you said hey <laughs> there's not as much bs over here and you're right i i actually like it more if i wasn't so invested into facebook right. i probably would stick around instagram it's, a lot more you know it's it's a. Uh, it's stress relieving to go on, you know, a lot of times just to read through your feed on Instagram because it's all cars and stuff, or at least for me, you know, when yeah. I flip through Instagram, it, it's cars. I mean, um, I mean, occasionally, obviously people post other stuff too, but for the most, you don't, like you said, you don't get the, the same crap that you get on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. especially right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you get a lot less of that on Instagram. Instagram is, uh, and being a visual person, I'm, I'm very visual and, and, and yeah. being able to have that, uh, you know, always seeing cool pictures and all all that kind of stuff, and you know, fun videos, that is so much better to me than seeing just continually blocks of text. And I, I just that's not my that's not my deal. Yeah, I you know maybe it's just me, but I seem to see less haters on Instagram. If you go on Facebook and you post a car, there's always some idiot that's like, oh, it's a POS or you ruined it. <laughs> I don't see that that often on Instagram. Maybe I'm not on there enough, but it's definitely not as much if it's there. <laughs> I yeah, just... I, I don't. It's it's rare. It's it's a lot. You don't see it nearly as much. And I, I have a, a friend of mine that's uh, has a pretty decent sized uh, YouTube account. And, and I, I asked him like, I can't even do not, sorry, Instagram, sorry, YouTube. I can't even do YouTube because the people are just so horrible. I mean, it's 90% <laughs> trolls on YouTube. I like, yeah. I couldn't, yeah. I, I just, it, oh man, I, I'll, I'll stay on Instagram. I, I like my little playground on Instagram. Yeah. I, uh, a long time ago, I had to stop looking at the comments on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page because I mean, I'm obviously posting quite a bit. How often do you find a screaming deal on a classic project car that's a Mopar. It's right. not too often. Right. So most of the time I go on there and it almost depresses me. Like, gosh, you guys really care that much that you're taking time out of your day to just, but yeah. it's just one of those things where I just learned to, you know, every once in a while, there's somebody who's funny. That's what I enjoy is when I see right. a funny comment. You know, if I see one more picture of a meth pipe, <laughs> saying is this guy smoking this or whatever right i'm just gonna lose my mind i'm like can we get some originality at least that's that's all i ask just some originality let's be funny <laughs> you know but so the scat pack club uh, seventy three thousand people do you get a lot of people reaching out to you for features and things like that all the time yeah all the time <laughs> it's yeah. uh and, and it's a it's a balancing act and i it's a I, like again i'm a very visual person and a lot of times some of the requests will come in and 
they they used a potato to take the picture and <laughs> it, it's hard to explain to some people like i understand that you love this car i understand it's a pride and joy i can't post this picture <laughs> it's just it, it's not a you know, go back and look at the feed and see the pictures and then try to emulate something you see there. But what, what you're sending me, like sometimes they're cropped out. It's like the middle of the car. I'm like, yeah. I'm not posting that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that? I can't do that. And, and, it's, and I feel bad sometimes having to tell people no, but you know, I, I think that's probably partially why people like the account those because I keep the quality high. Um, and, but it, there, there's definitely a lot of requests. It's, uh, I, I actually kind of, I, I feel bad a little bit because half the time somebody just comments and doesn't tag me in a picture. I don't even see the comment. It, it's gone mm. in 20 minutes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just the way it is. It's, it's too bad, but the way it goes. Yeah. I kind of wanted to ask you about that because, you know, obviously I'm looking at the pictures and I, like I said earlier, I'm like, God, these are all really good pictures. So it, I, I kind of had an idea that you would filter through some. Oh, yeah. um, it actually, it makes me think that maybe some of those people, I, and I used to see this in car magazines a lot, and it was always, hey, we want your reader rides, but here's what not to send us. Here's how you should take the pictures. Right. You might, <laughs> might want to post a Dr. Bud video about that. Like, hey, here, if you want to be featured on the page, <laughs> this is how you need to yeah, take pictures. Yeah, I, I think I've actually, I, I should probably do that again, but I have done that something similar in the past, and, <laughs> and, I've, and I've gone... I, I, and I've, you know, sometimes people send me pictures and it, it, you know, it's like a screenshot of a picture. And so the quality has <laughs> already been reduced by, you know, by tenfold because it's a screenshot oh, yeah. of a picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, you're, what, yeah. what are we doing here? But yeah, that's funny. All right. Getting back into the modern stuff. And one reason why, I mean, aside from the fact that we're friends, one reason why I wanted to bring you on the show and we talked briefly about this was that as long as I've been running the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, I have seen, and when I go to car shows and things like that, I've seen a, it seems like quite a big of a, uh, uh, how can I put this, um, a divide within the Mopar community. It seems like it's the classics and the modern stuff. And it seems like a lot of what I hear from the older generation is oh, they're bringing all that Honda crap or that rice crap over to Mopars and they're they're bastardizing these American cars. And while I understand what some of them are saying, I definitely don't see it as much as they're portraying. What's your what's your opinion on the classics versus the moderns and how can we bridge this gap? Yeah, it's, it's you know, like I said, I go to shows too. And yeah. when uh, you get that all the time, you, you get... Uh, uh, you know, the old Mopar guys and they just don't, I never drive a piece of shit like that. Sorry, a piece of crap <laughs> like that. Um, I'd never drive a car like, you know, a new car like that. Cause I should blah, 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 blah. And in my mind, I'm going, they're faster. They're <laughs> com more comfortable, safer. They're you know, like, there's, I mean, I'm not knocking old cars. I love them, but to say yeah. that the new ones our junk is just a complete disservice to what they are. I mean, it's, I think the new Mopars definitely uh, carry the flame for the original Mopars. I think they do a great job at it. Um, you know, I, no one else is doing what Dodge is doing. I mean, it's not even close uh, as far as just the crazy amount of horsepower. This, I mean, Everyone else has quit and Dodge is still trying to win first place and everyone else quit, but they're still just going, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it's fantastic to watch. I think we really are in a new golden era of muscles, muscle cars. And, um, but that doesn't take anything away from where we came from. I mean, you, and that's, I do a lot of on, uh, going back to Instagram again, I do a lot of, uh, kind of coaching slash teaching. And I try to do them like about once a week. I normally do like a little, history class slash quiz for people and try to throw old questions of, you know, what were the first couple cars in the scat pack club? What, uh, you know, all these and, uh, questions like that to try to get people to recognize that scat pack isn't new scat packs yeah. <laughs> old. It has heritage. And you know, that B means something that RT in the grill means something. Those are, 
those are deeply rooted in Mopar history, and it's important for them to understand and cherish what that what that is. Um, and I, as far as bridging that divide between the two, I don't know how on earth that'll ever get bridged. Um, it seems like more car shows are uh, more receptive now to the new cars than they had been in the past. But this is just my personal opinion. I have a feeling a lot of that ha comes down to dollars when you're talking about a car show when there's an admission fee. And when a new Mopar club rolls in with 30 cars, they see dollars and they go, yeah, you can come. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the organization may not like the cars themselves, but they definitely like the dollars that are coming in when they're bringing that many people into a show. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I understand why the cars have to be segregated, um, keeping them separated or whatever. But I just, you know, going to what you were saying as far as teaching some of these newer enthusiasts that are new to the Mopar game, the old heritage, it just seems like a lot of them just don't care. And I'm like, how do you not want to know the heritage of these cars? Right. You know, it's, you know I, I sat there and watched the, um, the video of... Uh, what is the press release for like the super stock challenger and stuff that were coming out. And yeah. I, I couldn't help but think, I was like, I wonder how many of these kids, you know, and this isn't a knock to anybody that's new to Mopars. That's one reason why I have this podcast. I've said it many times. I don't know everything about Mopars. I think it's hilarious when people ask me questions that I have no idea. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, just do what, do what I do and do some research. There's this thing called Google. It's right. pretty good. Um, I usually point people to Allpar, like, hey, if you don't know something, you can go to Allpar. I mean, there's a bunch of websites out there that, I mean, if you want to learn the history and get down into the nitty gritty, it's out there. But um, I just, I wish that more of the new generation coming into Mopars would at least, you know, dig a little, learn a little bit about the old stuff. And I'm hoping that they come to this podcast. And I have had a couple people reach out to me saying, you know, I... I never really was into the old stuff. I'm into the new stuff. Look up the word Mopar. The podcast comes up. I listen and I started learning some stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, you're learning very, very little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, you have to start somewhere, I guess, you know, and that's kind of what I did. I, the way I look at this podcast is I want to keep it just entertaining enough to keep the older generation around. And, you know, if anything, you know relight their flame a little bit i've had a lot of guys say hey my car's been sitting in the garage for you know five years i haven't touched it but your podcast talking about all these project cars and stuff it's got me back in the garage so thank you so that to me is amazing and some of these younger guys have been reaching out to me saying yeah i'm learning so much about the history and like i said i'm just trying to tell hey there's so much keep going you know there's so yeah. much to learn and i just i wish that the older generation would take it easy on the new kids. And maybe instead of, you know, cause I, there's a lot of shit talking. It's like, we don't have to be this way, you know, right. tell them a thing or two, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's well, and I think, not that you know, hard. I, I think some of it is just, is kind of ribbing a little bit and, you know, sure. Um, and I like, uh, there's an organization in, in Minnesota called Midwest Mopars and they put on the big Mopars in the park show uh, in here in Minnesota. Yeah. And it's a big show. Dodge rolls out for it. Mopar rolls out for it. Tons of vendors. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, their board members all have classic Mopars and then they all daily drive either Chargers or Challengers or Durangos. They're all drive, you know, they, they, they are getting both sides of it. Now they still see the classic Mopars and I, there, there's a right to that. I mean, that those cars are now important and, you know, they need to be uh, properly taken care of. And, you know, there's a, there's a responsibility and ownership of some of these older cars now that they have. And, um, it's, it's, I don't know. So anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> it's, it's good to see that, you know, they're, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I'm, I'm lost on that one. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, I, I think about it so much. Like how can the bridge get built with this gap that we have here? And I, I think it's just a matter of as Mopar or Dodge, come out with these crazy cars i think it's bridging that gap a little bit because you know like i said with the new challenger super stock just having the name super stock you know opens that door for conversation right you know, it's easy for i'm sure some young guy's got a bunch of money in his pocket he's gonna go buy a super stock challenger take it to a show and an old guy's probably gonna go hey you even know what super stock's all about and hopefully you know that opens that that little 
you know, path of communication because there's yeah. just so much cool stuff in the history of Mopar. I don't know how you could be a Mopar enthusiast, even if you just like the modern stuff and not at least respect the older right. stuff. I go to some of these shows and I, I went to one that had a swap meet. So I was sitting in my booth all day and I was watching the show and I could not believe that a lot of these kids were not walking over and checking out all the old cars. I'm like, go over there. You know what that car is? <laughs> you know, it's a Hemi Superbird yeah. four-speed car. Why are you not drooling on that car? Do you, you have know? any idea just, how much that car's worth? Yeah, yeah. They're just they're <laughs> they're over there showing all the different strobe light colors that they have on their car. I'm like, gosh, yeah, man, yeah, you guys need yeah, to open yeah. your eyes. That's one right. thing I wanted to bring up. How, how much of we'll say the tuner scene or the import scene, do you see making its way into the modern Mopars? Quite a bit, unfortunately. Um, Definitely a, a lot of influence, right? Oh yeah, there's no question. It's uh, um, they're, they're, the, the tuning tuner scene has definitely infiltrated Mopars. And um, I, I don't know if there's a, uh, trying to be tactful with that, but um, there, there's definitely a, um, that influence in a lot of the younger buyers that, you know, they've seen them, you know, they see the cars in the Fast and Furious movies and that's where they're coming from. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're not coming from, uh, uh, they're not seeing these cars as the, from the history that all, all on the side, they're seeing them from the Fast and Furious franchise that that's where they're getting that from, yeah. or, you know, they're. They're in. They're seeing them in these uh, the sideshows, as the kids call them. They those uh, uh, illegal donuts that they whip in the intersections. <laughs> they set yeah. up. Um, oh god! And they see that, and, and that's you know oh, I got to emulate that. And uh, there, there's definitely a, there's a definitely a fair amount of that in the the new Mopars. Um, and you know it's you, you take the good with the bad. Um, you know, the majority of the people, I think, understand what they have. And, you know, again, it, like, you know, going back to that kind of trying to teach people a little bit about their, what they have, you know, a lot of the, no, I shouldn't say a lot of, some of the Scat Pack guys will take the Scat Pack badging out, take the RT badging out and put in the SRT badging in. And, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, the cardinal sin of, of you know, muscle guys, right, or car guys, that that's up badging. And, yeah. uh I always explained to him, I was like, I, I, here, here's what I don't get. You're taking 40, 50 years of heritage, 60 years of heritage off your car and you're putting an SRT badge on. The first car to ever have an SRT badge was a neon. <laughs> the first car to wear an RT badge, you know, you're talking the Chargers, you know, the Coronets, yeah. <laughs> the Darts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're absolutely. One of these has, you know, your your one one hallmark goes back to the 426, the 440s, you know, 383s. Those are that's what that heritage, that red RT badge means. The SRT badge. Now I get that it was a, a meddling of Team Viper and Team Prowl and they came together, but still, <laughs> the first car to wear the SRT badge was the Neon, <laughs> and I don't let people forget that. <laughs> what what the Put the scat pack B back on, put the RT yeah, badge back yeah. on. Those those are significant and they mean something. And I really push that on people of like you this is this is significant. You you there there's there's that heritage. You, you respect the heritage. You gotta know it. And you Absolutely. can't respect it if you don't know it. Yeah. And going to the neons really quick. If anybody out there is a fan of neons, I I think SRT did the neon a favor. <laughs> and oh yeah, that, I, th and I, I should, think they're I great cars. <laughs> I shouldn't knock. I'm not like I'm not knock. I, I am knocking the neon a little bit because those were you know they, they, those were econo boxes. They were not. Oh yeah, they were never meant to be what the SRT. No, was. they were never meant to be what <laughs> the SRT sure. was. Never meant to be what the ACR neon was. I so mm -hmm. badly wanted a first gen ACR. You know, no AC, no radio. Yeah, the you yeah. know the adjustable coilovers in it. I mean, what a screaming car that you could get for not much money it was those yeah. were pretty cool cars but um it you know again though the neon was in a cow box i mean that's oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so absolutely it's partial knock, but I, like again i i you know, a, a tuned 
SRT is going to, uh, SRT neon, it's going to hurt some feelings. So you got to be, you know, if you think you're a scat oh, yeah. pack and you, Absolutely. you know, you're hot stuff on the highway and you see an SRT and neon, just, you might want to be careful. <laughs> so. yeah. I always got a kick out of it in the 90s when Dodge was slapping RT on all sorts of stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I, okay, hey, can we not do that, please? <laughs> I, I was working at a dealership at the time and we had the, the Grand Caravan RT and it had the column <laughs> shift and it had auto stick on the column. So on the little shifter, you had auto stick, you know, four speed automatic with a little toggle switch for a, you know, auto stick. It was such a joke. It was <laughs> that's hilarious. Such an abuse of the RT badge. <laughs> Jeez. Let, yeah. Let me ask you this. So I, I completely agree with you with the modern stuff as far as up badging. I'm completely against it. I think it's ridiculous. You know, if you wanted that car, you should have saved your money and bought it. <laughs> um, why is it okay to clone the old cars? I see a lot of guys getting away with, you know, you've got a Coronet and you turn it into a Super B, you know? Yeah. I, I've tried to figure that out. I'm like, okay, a lot of guys have given that a pass. I don't, you know... I think the general public might give it a pass, but I don't think car guys do. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Um, I mean, it's. I know. One... I always go. To, I always go to the VIN, and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not. I don't. I'm not one of those guys who calls them out or anything. I'm like, I just want to know for my own. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, right. okay, well, it's a good recreation, and I hate the term clone. I like tribute. If you if you want tribute, that car sure, bad yeah. enough, and you and you tribute, that's that, that's okay. I hate it though when I see them for sale. And they're posted advertising as, like it's you know, a real deal. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd have, I'm a weird person. Like on my charger, I took every single badge off the car. It, it's been, mm. you know, that was on when I got home the, the following day, I took all the badges off the car. I, I run badgeless on it. You know, just, I, I just like the look. It's a clean look. Um, yeah. I just finally added, uh, uh, cubic inch call out on the, on the fender. So it says 345 now that that's it. Mm. Um, but I had been badges and I just, if I had a classic car like that and I was changing engines and putting, let's say a 440 or something like that, an old Cornet or a charger, I, I don't think I'd badge anything. I it would, it'd mm. be, uh, what do you care? This is my car, it's my engine in here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to badge it. I just, I, I wouldn't yeah. do it. I, I kind of look at it like, you know, as far as like, how I like to call them tributes is that that's what they are. I don't think that the guys that are up badging now are going, Oh, it's a tribute. It's an SRT no, no, tribute. It's not, they're <laughs> not saying it's a tribute. That's the difference. I've actually yeah, seen yeah. a few people that that's, have said that. I, I don't know if it was a Dodger or what it was, but somebody was like, Oh yeah, it's a tribute. It might've been a new Mustang. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a tribute something. And I was like, tribute. What? No, you just put badges on it. You know, <laughs> that's not a tribute, but whatever. I, yeah. That's funny. So you want to get into a six four car? Are you a Charger guy, or are you looking at Challengers, or how do you feel about that? What, what's going to be your What's going to be your Scat Pack move? Well, if I were making the decision right now today, it would be a wide body Charger. I I, mm. I still have two kids in the house. I, I can't imagine yeah. myself doing a Challenger. Um, I kind of feel like. I need to wait it out though. Because like when I got my 13 in like a year and a half or a year, they announced the 15s with the new body style. And I was kind of like, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, mm. I just bought this car and it's already dated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I kind of feel like if I buy something right now, I'm probably going to end up with a dated car again real quick. And as evidence of how long I've kept this current car, I don't flip cars fast. I, I like to keep yeah. the car. I keep it for a while. I drive it. I get my money out of them. Um, so I'm probably going to wait it out for the next body style. And I'm assuming the six four is going to be around. Fingers crossed. But um, that would be but that would be where I'd go. I, I will say though, I I almost guarantee you the Scat Pack will be on the next generation cars. Uh, news came out today from Tim Kaniskas, the head of global cars for FCA, uh, said. Scat Pack had the best month in September of this year that it's had in the history of the nameplate. Really? So they sold more Scat Packs this September than any other month going back to when the car rolled out for the 2015 model year. 
that's pretty impressive considering the year we've had. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's an election year. The, wow. That's, yeah. I mean, Hell, that speaks Hellcats volumes. Were best year, uh, best month in three years, but the scat pack was the best in the wow. brand history in the nameplate wow. history for, and I'm assuming when he says nameplate history, he means going back to 15. I, I, you know, I don't know how well the records were kept of how many people bought scat packs back in 68, 69, 70. I, <laughs> doubt the records are all that great yeah that's uh wow i i didn't know that that speaks volume that was new uh, information uh from this morning so that's wow um, yeah it was that's um, that's big i'm i'm happy that's good stuff because as long as they keep selling they're going to keep producing so that's oh yeah that's good yeah they're, they're you know <laughs> yeah it sounded like they're um you know their fleet sales are down which obviously since rental cars are yeah. <laughs> dumping cars like crazy but yeah you know, consumer purchases and you know no fleets buying scat packs so no 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 <laughs> i was buying those for a fleet but uh yeah they're the scat pack did good had a good month yeah you know i look at the modern dodge lineup as far as performance goes and i'm an enthusiast i love it but at the same time i'm sitting here going I mean, I don't want you to, but are you guys ever going to stop? It, I mean, it's like they must have so much fun. You know, when we saw that little sneaker of when the Bronco came out and they threw out the 392 Wrangler, Wrangler I was yeah. just like, I mean, I knew it. <laughs> I could have predicted that. I was like, they're crazy enough. They're going to do something to, you know, yeah. answer back real quick. It's just that's one thing I can say about Chrysler, Mopar, Dodge is that throughout its history it has always had creative marketing even in the darker years yeah. you know what i mean they've got carol shelby helping them market in the 80s with the front wheel drive turbo cars and it's just it's yeah it's so fun for me to watch and look through the history and just see all the craziness that's happened and that it continues to happen to this day and it gets crazier the amount of horsepower it's just it's mind-blowing really and it's actually i've said it before it's kind of scary that any moron can go get a 800 horsepower car and you know that's good business for cleveland power and performance i guess when <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shout out to rick and tim how, yeah. how you guys doing yeah. Yeah. yeah i need to get those guys on the show i've been wanting to talk to them oh yeah um, those guys are riot uh, those, those are yeah. great guys yeah yeah they had a was it a 300 they had some, I, it had to have been a 300 that they converted to a six speed. Yes. And I thought yep. that was, yeah, I thought that car, man, I looked at the wife and I said, cause I'm a big fan of the 300s. I always have been. And uh, I was like, that would be awesome. Cause there's just something about, I just love how, I don't know. Chrysler has always had really cool designs, you know, as far as the modern stuff, I, right. you know, when the Magnum came out, I'm like, well, there's the coolest station wagon I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> you know, I just, I've just been nothing but impressed with what they've come out with. And, you know, this is kind of, I kind of wanted to lead into this because you're, you, when I think of Bud, I think modern Mopars, that's what your brand yeah. has in my eyes. And I have to ask you, where do you think Mopar is heading? What do you think we can expect from those guys at Dodge? Boy, oh boy, that's, it's hard to say, you know, I really see, I really find it hard to believe that ever let off the throttle, but electrification is coming. I mean, there's no, yeah, we can't feel get that around way too. it. It's coming. Um, at some point, we're going to be seeing cars that they'll slowly start trickling in the hybrids. They'll slowly start, you know, trickling in the full electrics. Um, and, you know, I, I like cars. I, I, I'm a huge Mopar fan, obviously, but I like all cars. I really do. If the car is fast, it can do crazy burnouts. I, I, if it's a turbo diesel, if it's gas, if it's electric, I don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you do feel like some of the electric cars, they're missing a bit of that soul just because there's, yeah. you know, thousands yeah. of different pieces in that engine <laughs> that all have to work in harmony and, you know, obviously make a certain sound in order to, you know, to run. But you can't deny the instant torque of like the Teslas. Um, oh, no. I mean, undeniable. Uh, it's crazy. Those cars are so fast. The battery tech's only getting better. Um, I mean, his, their, their new plaid edition that he's talking about now is 
it was some ungodly zero to 60 and still had 500 miles in range. I, yeah, that's, I, it's crazy. Ele- electrification. I, it's, it's the future. I, I'm a car guy too. i the one thing that I do not like about electric cars and everybody else doesn't like it either is that you don't get the rumble. You don't get the sound. Yeah. But damn it. I've been watching a lot of videos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no other better way to put it. Um, But damn it. These things are, they look fun to me. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody about it and they were, you know, saying, Oh, the gasoline engine's dead. Look at the new Tesla. They're just only going to get faster. And I was like, yeah, but here's what's exciting being a Mopar guy. Dodge is playing the horsepower wars now with gasoline. When they get into the electric cars, you think they're just going to let Tesla walk all over them? Nope. They want to be the <laughs> best and fastest now with gasoline. When they go into electric, yeah. electric charger, I mean, the marketing is already there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just, I, I'm kind of with you. I see some big things happening there. I do want to ask you, do you think it's, you know, do you think we've gone past the point where we need a CUDA? Because I'm starting, I want a CUDA, but I'm like, I kind of think we've gone past the point now. Yeah. I think they had a perfect I, opportunity know, and now um, we're way past it. it. It's too funny that you mentioned that. that um, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Josh Weldon. He is a, um, goes by Welder Assassin on Instagram. He used to work for Chrysler. Now he is a welder, does welding work, uh, welding artwork. And actually his day job is repairing tanks. By welding, I mean it's that's <laughs> okay. a day job. Anyways, he put up and he's a, he knows he's in Detroit. He knows all the Chrysler guys, um, and he put up this uh, like um, kind of a bracket challenge of the rumored Chrysler cars from all the years, and the Cuda was one of them. And I just kind of chuckled because you know it's like <laughs> that car has been rumored for a good fifteen years. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely, it, it's probably one of the longest rumored cars. I would really be surprised if. Uh, they pulled that out of there because it's a Plymouth. You know, it's, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, back when SRT was its own brand, I think if there was ever a time they could have pulled it off, it was when SRT was its own brand and not a division of Dodge, division of Jeep, division of, you know, Ram, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, because then it could have just been just like the SRT Viper, it could have just been the SRT CUDA. Yeah. And I think that's a great that point. would have been perfect for that. But now that SRT got folded back into a, you know, like a, a division of the brands rather than its own brand, I I just I can't imagine a Dodge CUDA. It, it just doesn't compute. And like I said, I'm a I, modern guy and it doesn't yeah, compute yeah, for yeah. me. <laughs> it doesn't sound good coming off the tongue. I, I, I'm with you. I like SRT CUDA sounds good. Dodge yeah. CUDA sounds wrong. <laughs> no, it does. Even and then I, what, what do you do? A Chrysler CUDA? That doesn't. That's not right either. That's. <laughs> it's just I, I, yeah. I don't think they've got enough other nameplates that they can play with. That and really, I don't think they'd need to do it. I, I could be wrong. They could be working on some other new thing now, and you know. But it's I, I, I if I were a bet man, I wouldn't put money on a CUDA coming out. Yeah, I would see them coming out with a Jeep Comanche or a Chrysler Imperial before I saw them bringing back a Cuda nowadays. Right. Um, which is sad to me because, like, I really did want to see what they could come up with. You know, if they made it different than the Challenger, that's what I was interested in because I do think that the Challenger and Chargers, they're heavy cars. I wanted to see something a little bit more nimble um, in the modern Cuda, something more of a throwback to the 67 through 69A body Cudas. Sure. I kind of yep. wanted to see something like that, but. I just don't, I mean, I had faith. I really had a lot of faith, but I've been yeah. waiting too long. You know, it's like, if you're a fan of rap music, I've been waiting for the next chronic from Dr. Dre and it's not here. So, <laughs> Hey, you might be getting it soon with his little uh, issues going on. He might need some money to pay his animals. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of you older listeners will probably have already tuned out to that, but that's all right. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's get into car tech. Um, yeah. I've, known about car tech for a long time i was excited to find out when we started talking a few years ago i was excited to find out that you were working with them and how did you get started with car tech what has the experience been like tell us tell us all about car tech but yeah you know it, it's that is probably the craziest story you're going to hear from this okay so all right um 
prior to working at CarTech, I was working as a real estate property manager managing condominium and townhome associations. Of all things, right? That's that was my day. That job. sounds fun. Oh, it's not fun. <laughs> it's it is the if you want to hear people yell at you constantly all day long for myriad of different oh, reasons, get into property management. <laughs> it's fantastic for that. But anyways, so that was my day job. And you know, on obviously I still had, you know, Scat Pack Club, I had Facebook, I had all that stuff. And of all things, I got an ad on Facebook that was talking about, hey, do you like doing this? Do you like doing this? Are you good with this? And I went, oh, that's kind of a cool little thing. What is that all about? And I clicked this ad and it was an ad. It was a job posting for CarTech. They didn't go through traditional ways. They went to Facebook and advertised wow. for wow. a job posting. And I cl- happened to click on it. And I, you know, it was like, I this is like meant to be. <laughs> this is like where I'm <laughs> supposed to be. I mean, as a car wow. guy, I can go work at CarTech Books. This is, this is fantastic. So um it didn't take me too long I, I, I think we did an interview or two or something like that and uh ended up working there and i i handle some of their social media we do some of their video production um i do some business to business marketing i, I kind of wear a couple different hats when i'm at CarTech, and um and if you don't know CarTech, it's an automotive book publisher and we publish like how-to books restoration books um you know history books on you know like scat pack for example we got a great scat pack history book it's a fantastic book um, we just released a, a book all about the movie Bullet. It's which is oh really really I didn't know that. good book. Cool. It's um, cool, fantastic. And then Don Perdome just uh, wrote a new book, and we were able to publish that one. That was pretty cool too. It's uh, nice. It's been it's been really fun. It's been a eye opening experience on a, on a and getting to work in a field that I I'm really passionate about, which was really fun. But it's such a weird way of finding a job and ending up there was through a Facebook ad of all places. <laughs> I would have never have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. But they, they clearly what? they liked what, you know, I knew what I was doing on social. I could communicate properly with people. <laughs> Those are yeah. two big pieces of the puzzle that you need sure. to have. So yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It, for those of you that, are still wondering, oh, I'm not sure what books. If you've gone to any bookstore and have been to the transportation section or the special interest section and looked at car books, I don't think there's a section on earth that doesn't have at least one car tech um, title. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I remember being a kid. I mean, how long have they been around? Well, yeah. So the current owner of car tech, I think it's was mid nineties, I think somewhere in that range where they bought it. Okay. But SA design, that's like the, you know, our, our tech books are labeled SA design and mm-hmm. those go back into the mid to late seventies. And that's okay. how long, um, the company has basically been around publishing automotive how-to books has been the mid seventies. And the company has been a member of SEMA since mid seventies. So we actually get really yeah. good spot <laughs> in SEMA because we've been a member of SEMA since that's you know, forever but it's yeah, uh that, I, I don't even like hearing that word this year because this was supposed to be the first year i was going to attend and yeah it was God. it was sad i, I was you know I this would have been year three for me going and i was really excited again uh, and it was yeah sema sema something else it, it's it's very overwhelming that's all i'll tell you is wear really comfortable shoes and get lots of rest <laughs> if you're it's the worst thing being a car guy because there was a time where I wasn't involved in the quote unquote media right. or anything like that. And, you know, being a car guy and you find out that there is a, an event that is only limited to people within the business is like, wait a second, you're releasing all the newest products and all the best builders in the world are building all these cars and I can't go. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, it's a shot in the foot. Um, Part of me wants to say I started the Mopar Hunter just so I could get into SEMA, but that wouldn't be entirely true. But it's definitely, (laughs) definitely a little caveat in there when I was like, oh, my God, I think I can get it. I reached out to Juan. I was like, hey, Juan, can I get in there even though I just have a Facebook page? He's like, yeah. Really? (laughs) I I thought I was going to get shot down. I was like, what kind of qualification? So he sent me some of the qualifications and whatnot. And I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. And then, of course, every one of my friends that can't get in is like, oh, get me in. And I'm like, 
now I'm kind of like, I have this little bit of a, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know how much work I did to <laughs> <Right>. get in? <laughs> and now you just want, what do you, I was like, spouses only. And unless we're getting married, buddy, <laughs> right, right. Ain't, ain't happening. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really disappointed. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm not a religious guy, but I've been praying a lot. Hopefully everything gets back to normal next year because I am jonesing for swap meets. I'm jonesing for car shows. Yeah. I'm just, you know, and around here. Um, if you go into my, I live in Marysville, Washington, and if you go down the main drag, they have signs everywhere that say, that say no cruising. And what to me, yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. I'll post a picture. <laughs> it's ridiculous to me. And I understand that I think a lot of it came back from like the early Fast and the Furious days because of all the sure. street racing that was going on and all the wild, crazy stuff that was happening in the streets. But, you know, I think... If there was ever a time to relax on that law and take those stupid signs down, it would be now. And right. thankfully, some cities, and at least in my state, I know it's crazy in other parts of the country, but my state just, they, they have something against cruising in cars. You know, if you're seen in the same area, I think more than two or three times in a half an hour, then you can get a ticket. Wow, <laughs> it is the, that blows my it's, mind. It's ridiculous. And... You know, it's it's very un-American if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> you know? geez. it's one of America's pastimes: cruising in cars. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, we, there was it a, blows my mind. They had a really, uh, you know, obviously everything up here got shut down too. And there was a in the northern metro, they had a big cruise thing like every weekend this year. That was cruising every weekend. It was, um, it was probably an hour and 15, 20 minutes away from me. So unfortunately I did not make my effort to get out there, <laughs> but they were running cruises all year this year. It was uh, seeing the pictures of it. It was, it was happy. But to speak of that, you're not, you're not alone in that. It was it ocean city? I think last weekend just had their big car show out there. And the, I don't understand how they still have that show out there because everyone, if your car steps out of line, even remotely, the cars are getting ticketed and pounded for the most minor violations because they don't like the atmosphere. And people coming from all over the country for the show. I'm like, why Why do you still do this here when the city hates you so much? Why would you keep punishing yourself like this? But I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, let me ask you this. Going back to car tech. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you work for them, so you you love all their titles. And they've, I haven't seen a title from CarTech that I wouldn't read. Um, what are your top five books? Like if you, ha Ooh, if you had boy. to pick t five. And I know this is a Mopar podcast, but if there's something that's not Mopar in there, don't be, don't be, feel ashamed. Yeah, I, and I, I'll say it flat out, Mopar is not in the top five. Probably not in the top ten, honestly. Um, yeah, that's know, how we, good we, these books run, are. Mopar is a niche. I mean, it's a... You, you have to be a glutton for punishment like Mopar, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's not, I'm not sharing any secret here, but that's known. Thanks for joining me on this two-part installment of Direct Connections featuring my friend Bud Kleppy. Part two will be out next week. Remember, folks, CarTech Books is offering listeners of this show 30% off the book Dodge Scat Pack and Plymouth Rapid Transit System Chrysler's Muscle Car Marketing Programs 1968 to 1972 when you enter the code Talking Mopars, all one word, at checkout. That's Talking Mopars, all one word, at checkout. There's only like 30 copies of this book left. It is an awesome book. I cannot stress that enough. Go pick up one of those last 30 copies right now, today. And you can do that over at cartechbooks.com. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. Sorry I left you on another little cliffhanger, but if you listen next week, we're going to pick up right where we left off. We're going to find out what the top five books are from CarTech Books, so be sure to tune in to that. For more information about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar-addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or leave me a voice message on my voice mailbox at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. One last thing before we get out of here. If you'd like to help support the show, jump on over to TalkingMopars.com and head on over to the store. Just click visit the shop. 
There you will find all the current Talking Mopars merchandise like t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, stickers, and more with more on the way. So not only will you be able to get some cool stuff, but you'll also be helping me to grow this show and provide even more great Mopar content for you to enjoy every week. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Direct Connections. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.